This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 109, recorded on the 4th of October, 2018. On today's show, staff retention and recruiting tips for right now. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or most other places you get your favorite podcasts. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. We want to offer a huge thanks to Allison, Andy, Angie, Elsie, Ellen, Keith, Marie, Mark, Seth, and Teresa for investing in this show and helping camp pros all around the world. If you've taken away even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you can show your support for the show for as little as $1 a month. That's right, $1 a month. For chipping in, you'll get some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash camp hacker. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash camp hacker. Thanks for letting your awesome out, Camp Mavericks. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker show. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I'm a summer camp marketing and strategy consultant, and I am pleased to be representing Go Camp Pro and the Camp Hacker family in this podcast today. And my name is Gabrielle Rail. I'm one of the camp directors of Camp Waro. Camp Waro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains, and we practice creating a positive female community while doing that in French and in English. My name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, which is a summer camp and retreat facility in southwestern Ontario. Uh, we're Excellent. Jolly? Hi, I'm Jolly Corley. I'm with Camp Robinsall for girls in New Hampshire. We're on Lake Winnipesaukee, and uh, we are a one-session, seven-week camp. And I am Kim Acock, and I am not at one particular camp, but I have the pleasure of working with lots of camps around the country, um, doing staff training and all kinds of leadership development. Um, but I also have spent a lot of time, um, over 30 years, working as a counselor and different positions at, at various summer camps. So glad to be here today. Well, it's certainly our pleasure to welcome you both to the Camp Hacker Show. Um, I wanted to take just a second before we get into the topic, and people will realize why you're here in just a minute as we get into this topic. But before then, um, it, Jolly, for you, what was the first camp experience that you had? I had the pleasure of being able to go to a camp. I grew up in Indiana in the Midwest. Um, I'm kind of um, all over the United States. So my campus in New Hampshire, I spend my winters in Minnesota. So I have a home office in Minnesota. Um, and in Indiana, um, I grew up um, going to a church camp called Pine Creek Church Camp and 4-H Camp um, that was hosted by a camp called Shackamack in Indiana. And um, I loved it. I had a little sister who hated it, but I loved it. <laughs> and so grew up understanding, you know, the, the different dynamics of, of campers, even without even knowing that someday with a name like Jolly, I would end up not having to come up with a camp name. Right. All right. And for you, Jolly, what was um, the first moment that you really felt that camp was a place that got you? You know, I actually, it was my second summer. My first summer, I loved. 
Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't the rah-rah, like I have plenty of friends who just got hooked, like just the moment they were there. And I liked the experience, but it was actually the owner of the camp that I'm currently at um, is super open and always asks, um, what can we do better? And, um, you know, I was all of 19 and was on the theater department. And when he asked that, I had, <laughs> at that point in my life at university as a theater major, I was on the theater staff at the camp. Yeah. I probably had two theater classes under my belt, probably. Yeah. And that would be stretching it if I had two. Intro to theater, probably, and acting one, maybe. But I gave him a letter. It must have been three pages of all the ways I thought the theater could be better. Um, <laughs> And I think about that now and I think how gutsy of me to be like, so you have this beautiful facility, you should do this, you should do yeah. that. Um, but the thing that was super cool is he read it and he called me that January. He's like, you know, you have all these ideas. Why don't you come back and run that department? And I thought, oh, I guess I should. <laughs> I'm the one that said, and he's giving me this opportunity. Yeah. I went back that second summer and tried to implement a lot. And I learned a lot about why some of those things would work and some would not work. And that really, I had to come back a third summer to correct all the things I hadn't done correctly. And then by the third summer, that right. was it. And you're sold. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh, well, welcome to Camp Packer. We're grateful to have you here, Joe. Thank you, Travis. Kim, your, your start in, in camp is a little different. Uh, yes. Um, so I never was a camper as a child. And um, I had a, when I was going to college, I had a guidance counselor who called me into his office in the wintertime and said, hey, Kim, what are you doing um, this summer that's going to help you be a better teacher? Because I was in an education program. And I looked up at him and smiled and I said, I'm going to work at the same fast food restaurant I did last summer. How about that? And he said, "Um, I don't really think that's going to help you be a better teacher. And so I grew up in the Midwest, also in Nebraska. And so we, the the context of summer camp was foreign to me. I didn't really know. And so he, he suggested that I work at a summer camp, but I had no idea what he was talking about or what that meant. So I gave it two weeks, came back into his office uh, two weeks later and, and said, I'll do it. And he slapped a, t- a book down on the table. It was the ACA Guide to Accredited Camps. Mm-hmm. He said, tell me, what, pick a state. Where do you want to go? So I picked Wisconsin because I have an aunt and uncle that live there for no other better reason. Um, and so, and I remember typing letters to camps in Wisconsin that had tutoring programs because I didn't realize at the time the value of like teaching drama or swimming or archery is way better than teaching math or science or English or all those other things. So, um, and actually when I got to camp, um, I, I, uh, I, I was with 13 and 14 year old girls. I had 10 of them in a cabin for seven and a half weeks. And I will say that I was pretty miserable my first summer Mm -hmm. until the last week of camp. And then I got it. And then I realized what, what what camp was all about and why this, why the struggles and why the angst and it all kind of comes together and works itself out. And so you have this uh, amazing bond with the people that you work with and the, and the, and the kids in your cabin. So, so and I've been hooked ever since. That's awesome. So what was the flip for you? What happened in the last week? 
I, I think for some reason I just realized, like I just noticed all the, the growth that had happened and all the confidence and the independence that the girls in my cabin had and, and in the classes that I was teaching. And so it just clicked for me that this is, that there's an intention, intentionality um, that I didn't understand at the beginning. And I, I'm sure that that even became more clear as I went back summer after summer and the reason why we do things at a certain time of the summer and the, all the um, things that go behind the scenes that make the kids have a, a magical summer. Right. Good. Well, we're so grateful you're here, Kim. Thanks. And so today we want to talk about staffing. Uh, we want to talk about staff retention and recruiting tips. And we're recording this in the first week of October. And so we want something that's relevant to the fall, something that helps us be thinking about these processes early. It's certainly been the Camp Acker principle that we um, try to encourage uh, camp pros to think about these things throughout the year, that um, this temptation to sort of shut your brain off for the fall doesn't really make your life easier in the world and certainly doesn't make your camp better. And so we all know, um, and I've gathered this group on purpose because there are so many things that we can do starting now to make sure that your staffing for next summer is great, better than last year, um, includes a lot less stress for you, etc. So there you go. That's my whisper. We're doing this because it's less stressful for you instead of, um, all these things, it's going to make your life better in that way. So, uh, Gab, I wonder for you folks, when you are thinking about what happens in the fall for staffing, what's on your plan for this time of the year? We just had our our, um, our second staff hiring meeting yesterday, and we just sent out our applications for our returning staff today. And um, it feels uh, very, <laughs> feels so rushed, as you say. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I'm just coming down from after the summer. Um, but, but for us, it's, it's, going after, it's going after the right people for next summer. Who do we want uh, to, to, to come back? And I usually will I personally message um, all of these staff members that I do want to come back a week before we send out the application to check in and see how they're doing. And it's all genuine and it's all, uh, it's all individual, but it's definitely also planned so that when that application comes in, they know that, um, that, you know, they're cared for that, you know, I do want them on the team. So that's, that's sort of the number one thing. And then the second thing when we're trying to get our returning staff to come back in our application form, uh, we tweak it so that it fits um, some of the, maybe some of the issues that we occur that occur during the summer um, as well as some of the great stuff that we did this summer. So that it's for those second, third, fourth year staff members, it's not the same. um, It's not the same, Um, application form and their application form is quite different than something that's new. So we try to make sure that it's actually not very long. We want to get to a conversation as quickly as possible. And then we decide what, what are they applying for? But what we, what we want first and foremost is to start the conversation and lock them in before uh, the winter holidays, because we find that after the winter holidays, that's when things start to really drag drag on. So, um, so that's that's sort of our, our strategy. So you focus really specific on retention. You offer or put out a different application for new people than returners, and your returning application you edit every year so that you can set up the conversation for the year to better address things that happened that summer. Absolutely, and we do uh, we do open up our 
a new application that will happen in about, I think, three weeks from now, new applications. So we also, of course, tell our returning staff members that after the, that three weeks, we, we can no longer hold a spot for them. So mm. it's, it's really letting them know that um, we're getting to business. But of course, we explain to them uh, um, the why behind it. And the earlier we can get our staff, the earlier we can start planning for next summer and we can start working with them. So um, they have an understanding on, on why we're doing what we're doing. We want to get them stoked about some of the projects that we have uh, coming down the pipeline. So they're involved in one of the, and this is such a, I'm just drawing attention to it because it's such a good retention tip is they're involved in next year's planning now. Almost. So they feel a part of next summer already. Yes. A high percentage of our returning staff are part of that planning. And it depends on what their focus is for their job also their personal interest, as well as um, what they're studying at school. So we try to hit all three of those so that, so that there's a value to, to, what, to what they're going to be doing at camp. They can go back to mom and dad and say, you know, see, look, camp is <laughs> it's valuable. It's, it's, it's career-focused. So that's really, really important. But if I really think that warm and fuzzies for staff members, returning staff members, is important. But what's probably more valuable is getting them involved in the planning. They have a stake in it. That's, that's our, our number one focus is getting almost, uh, almost 50% of our staff involved in some form of a project. Awesome. That's brilliant. One other thing you said that I, that I find interesting is that you are at this stage, you are looking at the person and not the position. So you want to get them engaged before you slot them into uh, uh, a spot in the hundred percent. Yeah. Right. All right. Charlie at Robin Dell, do you folks, what does the fall look like for you folks when you think about staffing? Yeah, I was, I was thinking when I was listening um, to Gabby there, I was like, I have like 10 tabs up of reading. So I do a lot of reading and reflecting for myself. Um, and I asked that staff are doing the same. So we kind of do the same. We delay, like we don't have any, um, uh, applications or anything right away. Uh, we let people just let it soak in. I think about my first summer. I mean, if someone had asked me August 15th or August 20th, if I went to come back, I probably even said, no, it was fun, but I've got other things. Um, and I think as Kim mentioned in hers, there's these aha moments and for everyone it's in a different place. So, um, I just want them to be able to think about that. Um, and, so I'm doing a lot of thinking, reflecting, looking at surveys, uh, looking at their own evaluations. Do we do a lot of self-evaluations um, to see where I can be doing a better job, where camp uh, can be more supportive uh, of staff to help them be successful, and um, reaching out. Uh, we're always asking for ideas. Uh, we, we do a similar, we don't do an application. Uh, we do an, uh, just an, a letter, email. Uh, or message <laughs> depends upon who I'm talking yep. to or needing to reach out to. Um, and we have three to five questions um, very much based on that previous summer. Um, because depending upon how my returning staff, you know, if I have lots of returning staff that have been there three, four, five years, it's way different than someone who's just coming back now for their second summer. They just have different goals, different things. So three to five questions that are different every year. Some are similar in the vein of what they're asking. Um, but that will be coming out. Uh, we generally try and hit right after whatever midterm exams and things that they might have um, and hit it right when they might be like, 
going home for um, Thanksgiving for those who are American um, staff and before the, the winter break that they have. And then for two reasons, there's a practical one, you want to get them on board, but that's also uh, for our staff, I found, um, and you guys might find this similarly, that's also when they start thinking about internships or what they need for school. Um, before that, if I try to do it, they're not exactly sure. So we're just kind of spinning wheels for nothing. You know, we're just, I- I'm putting a lot of energy asking them and bugging them rather right. than just say, hey, when you know, and I've just found that they generally will know once they're getting ready to register for the next classes, which usually happens at the end of October. They've been talking to their advisor about what they need. And then we can see if we can fill that intern, you know, that role for them as a, in an internship. But, uh, and the other reason is that we do start, as Gabby mentioned, start hiring new staff. Um, and I need to know how many people I need yeah. to, to <laughs> how many people do I, new staff do I need? Yeah. Um, I will say I'm probably on the very flexible end of things with letting staff, um, as long as they are communicating with me and say, Hey, you know what I found out is that I won't know until, you know, February 15th, because uh, whether or not I can get into this class in the fall, or I'm going to have to take a summer class. If they can give me some information and communicate with me, I I'm willing to hold a position a little bit longer. Um, but if I just don't hear from them, then just like Gabby mentioned, you have to just have to keep going. So um, that's, that's generally where I'm, it's yeah. really a lot of self-reflection, which yeah. I want to model that I hope that staff are doing as well. Right. And do you share any of the things that you are reading or any of these thoughts? Do you, are you sharing them mm-hmm. with them? Uh, absolutely. Um, generally I'll, I'll send out if I'm listening to a podcast or if I, if there's just something I think is, is interesting. Also, um, I try things differently every year. Yeah. So, yeah. um, <laughs> So I'll, I'll mention that. I just sent out uh, an email yesterday or message yesterday um, that just talked um, about what I was doing, right? To encourage, so they understand yeah. kind of that why, what I'm doing, um, that they can reach out. But also this year, I'm trying to survey a little bit differently. That's more of a survey that just collects information. And then I'll share that with them about what they think they've learned um, yep. in that self-evaluation. Um, because I want to see what the difference is between those self-evaluations that are filled out at the end of camp when they're at camp versus letting them have 50 plus days, which I think about two months is a really good time, two to three months, I guess, to really allow things to settle and um, to get, I think your subconscious starts to do things, right? You're so back in your routine of wherever you are that things will pop up. I mean, even in my survey, I have like three silly, you know, there's like, silly things like what song camp song can't you get out of your head right and that's just something fun i'll share right i just listed a few and then have another um and i'll share that um that'll be something fun that i share so you know just so you know 50 percent of you can't get you know the the camp robindale birthday song out of your head or whatever but then there's more you know serious questions on there about having them reflect before camp about specific skills especially soft skills versus after camp of where do they see the most growth Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just so subjective. You know, I can say what I think, but right. having them look at themselves and say, hey, here's where I feel like I've grown the most. Yeah. Then I'll share that as well. But that's not something I do every year. It's really something I just thought, I'd like to see what the difference is between being in the midst of it, filling out these evaluations and reflecting while you're still trying to take care of, you know, 20 girls. Yeah. in your in your cabin versus letting that settle. So that's something new for me that I'm trying, but I just really do a lot of reconnecting both with 
the staff and and the people here, my family, cool. my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you. So, Joe, and for people listening and watching, then one of the reasons why we pick a panel the way we do is to try to get different perspectives. So, Joe, you're hiring a much different staff. You're hiring a bit younger staff than most everybody else um, on the call. And um, it's much different in that you have a lot of access to your staff throughout the year. Yeah, so just to, to outline that a little bit, we, we deal mainly with, um, we hire as young as 16 to be our counselors, um, and then we go up through the university ranks. Uh, the majority of our staff, and by majority, I mean 98% of our staff live within a, an hour's drive of camp, so we can see them for weekend trainings and whatnot. We still want amazing staff who can come from farther away, as long as we can deal with with those things. And so... Um, at this moment in time, we a couple of points that, that were brought up by both um, Gab and Jolly, right? Like the leave it to October rule has been my rule for years. So my history in camping is I got hired in 1999 as the director of public relations and personnel for a camp that I hired 240 staff for every year. And even with 240 staff, um, between an, an all-girls camp and an all-boys camp, um, I would not communicate with them until after September had passed because I want their memories to naturally filter out. And I want those memories to filter out so that the good things rise to the top and they forget all of the drama or the tiredness or the other things in that month. Because once you get into school, so for us, our summer ends the you know normally the 24th, 25th of August somewhere. So if I let, allow them a month of school, they can understand how much they love camp and don't right. like school, be that <laughs> high school or be that university, and they wish for those camp times. So you play that game of, I'll talk to them in October about coming back versus immediately tracking them down in September. And the other thing is this idea of person, not position, right? I, um, we ask our returning staff what they would like to do but that's a rule I learned years ago from Jane McCutcheon, um, right? The idea that you, and, and I think it's Twingo, it was Twingo at the time that, that really dedicated, you need to commit to coming back to camp. Mm. I'm, I, I, you do not commit to a position. So if you say to me, I need the program director's position, if I'm going to come back, I can be like, great. If that's what you need, that's fine. But that's not what we're asking you. We're asking you to commit and we can put you where we want to put you. And we're going to put you in a position. And, and our pay scale is set up so that um, it's not based on position. It's based on time at camp, right? So, um, Meaning their experience working at camp. They get paid more based on the experience versus the position. Correct. And that way it, it, we can have a fifth-year counselor who's an amazing counselor who just would not be a great leadership team member. Right. right? Or okay. we could have a, um, yeah, we can have a fourth year person beyond the leadership team and, and they're still paid as a fourth year person, right? Not as a, a, a special leadership team thing. Um, and, and I agree with a lot of what's been said. I think that at this time of year uh, in recruiting staff is the idea that you don't want to overcommit yourself to returning staff members in the sense of, um, saying that, well, we're not going to put our new staff application out until we get, until the, until the returning staff application is closed. And I'm like, nope, like literally we want to, we want the most amazing staff. And if we limit our pool, 
then that's going to that's going to potentially hinder us from having the most amazing staff. Because what if we get people who are more amazing than our returning staff members? We need to give them the option to, to come to camp. Um, I think the other point is, you know, so we're not going to wait for returning staff members, um, although the new staff application will go to a bit later. I think now is the time of year where we look more at partnerships going program specific. I know that not so much here at Pierce Williams, but I know when I was hiring for the Taylor Staten camps, I had a lot of very specific program things to fill. For example, right? We all have, most people have a high ropes or a low ropes or a sailing instructor, or a canoe instructor. At, at, at the Taylor Staten camps, I had to hire a weaving instructor, someone to deal with looms from the 19, uh, or the 1890s, <laughs> literally a room full of looms. And we had this weaving program. And if you don't start looking in September, October for a weaver, you're screwed. Um, and, um, and it's, it's an awesome experience to remind yourself to look for people now and not just to, to hope we find some later. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the, the key, the key in that is I think back to my time in university and when did I look for a job? Cause if you wanted Right. If you were moving on from the camp you grew up at and you wanted a leadership team position, you started to look now. Mm -hmm. Right. I would be in the job center in October, November, looking for summer jobs. And that those are the kind of people we want on our camp staff. Right. The people right. who are the go getters and whatnot. The other point, nobody covered it, but um, the idea that uh, we you may or may not. You might have an awesome staff. We at Pierce Wayne always have staff that we list under a column called do not invite back or not invited back staff. Um, people who uh, suck, let's put it, uh, let's call a spade, what a, a spade a spade or need to grow somewhere else for a year. That's not at camp. And one of the things that I, that we're doing this year and, and last year I allowed it not to happen, but is we need to tell those people now, mm -hmm. right? We need to tell those people now and not just hope they don't apply. So we don't have to have the conversation. We need to tell them now because if they don't apply until December 21st, which is our deadline, and then we don't let them know until, you know, February that they're not getting a position, we've screwed them out of a job. But if we right. call them now and just say, listen, we really think um, that you need to go grow somewhere else, that Pierce Williams is unable to facilitate your growth further. There's a whole, I have a, a blog post on it on my, um, on, on yoyojo.com. Um, about helping staff move on. But if we tell them now, we're not, if we don't tell them we're doing disservice, right? We're, we're limiting their jobs, things if they do want to come back. But I think it's important for staff to know that we, um, that A, they, they can't come back to camp next summer and B, you know, this is how we feel about that. And, and you should start looking for something else now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, Kim, my pleasure in having you here is that you have this perspective of getting to see it, not as a camp director, but as someone who's helping camps with staffing. What do you think are some of the things that sh people should be thinking about at this time of the year? Um, so I'm with you, Joe, on the looking for the weaver, because I used to have to hire <laughs> for that weaving position. And we always <laughs> joke about, like, you're looking for that person who can do underwater basket weaving, but... It, it, it is weaving is a, is a true art. So um, <laughs> I, I, I hear you on that one. Um, so thank you for asking Travis. I think one of the things that, um, and I actually, this just occurred last night. So I, it's fresh on my mind. 
Um, so the camp that I very first started working at in Wisconsin way back when I was in college, I continue to go back now. Um, and I have been going back for the last eight summers and, um, for like the last month of camp. And so I get to sort of be in that environment and really observe staff and kind of see um, where they are and what their concerns and challenges are. Um, and so we, um, one of the things that we started doing and we're into our second full year of doing it is meeting with staff um, via Zoom. And so we're having staff Zoom meetings. And so we open it up to the staff from the year previous um, and some other super, you know, rock star counselors who may want to want to keep them in mind for, for the upcoming summer kind of thing. So last night we had our first staff Zoom meeting. And um, one of the things that we shared with them after we kind of got reconnected and what's everybody doing and what's everybody been up to since camp is um, – went through the parent evaluations from the summer and gave them some feedback on some things that the parents had mentioned. And so they were really interested in, you know, and we could give very specific things to uh, kids in their cabin and things like that. And so, um, and then also giving some feedback that these are things that, you know, some people weren't so keen on and some, some things that we may need to improve or at least consider. Um, and so, um, so I think that was is key to the process of giving them to being transparent with them, so they know and they hear it right away. It's not like you know right before camp, but they're hearing it shortly soon after camp. Um, and then we also had done our staff evaluations or surveys, and we noticed some themes that we thought were important to bring up in terms of to continue that conversation. And so one one of them uh, directly uh, was a was a culture shift that occurred last summer um, at the brother camp to the, to the, so it's a brother sister camp um, owned by the same family, but uh, operated a couple miles apart from each other. And so there was a, a little bit of a, a culture shift this past summer where um, they, in, they um, decided to initiate a more of a night patrol kind of thing. And some of the, re the feedback from the staff was, you know, that was kind of, we felt like we weren't trusted and, and that whole thing. And so it was a really great way to, to, um, to give some perspective on that and to just continue that conversation and see if maybe it will happen a little bit differently next summer. Um, one of the camp moms who happens to be a sister who works in the office was that on the call. And so she was able to give the mom perspective of what the patrolling did and that she noticed was different. And I think that was a little bit of an aha moment for some of the staff. They didn't, hadn't thought about it in, in those terms. So, um, and so just really, and just being open and listening to what they had to say and, and, um, and it, also, it's part of that engagement, so we're keeping them engaged so that they feel like they're part of the community. So, um, and we, you know, did tell them, you know, we will be sending out reapplications probably in the next month or so. Um, and so I think we're all kind of in, in that, we're thinking about those reapplication kind of things. Um, and then another thing that we mentioned just in terms of one of the, another way to engage with staff at this time of year is one of the things that we ask the campers to fill out is um, before they leave is 
we have a, a little form that's we call it their best moments from the summer and we try to tweak those questions every year so they're not exactly the same and so um, and then we've also we, we, um, have all those fun pictures that you take of the different cabin groups here and there and so well, one of the things that we decided to do this year is go through the different holidays that um, there's one holiday for every year or every day of the year if not multiple holidays for the year um, for the day and so we are matching a picture with a random holiday so for example one of the the cabins dressed up and they were wearing they had a you know, awesome. one of the campers had a beard. And so we tagged that one as a uh, world beard day. And so we were celebrating this particular cabin with world beard day. And then we wrote a blog with the kids, um, input, like what their best moments were from camp and answering some of those questions. And then we emailed the staff directly the link to that blog so they could see, hey, your cabin was featured in the blog this week. Um, and these are some cool things that your camper said. And, and it was another way to say thank you to them and to show the gratitude for the, the growth that they um, facilitated in these, in these kids throughout, throughout the, the the season, so um, so trying to hit hit it in a, in a couple of different ways, and the staff have been responsive to that in terms of they'll they'll send an email back and say, hey, I really appreciated you sending that um, that link and letting me you know get some news from my from my kids. So, yeah, I I think a lot of what uh, what I would encourage people to be thinking of, and this is kind of broken record for me, but. I think a lot of staff retention problems are communication problems and that um, being a good communicator in the style that people need to be communicated to is important. Um, you may not get responses to your emails. It's certainly been a complaint that I hear over and over again from directors. So yeah, you might have to change it up. Um, you, I don't agree with camp directors who say, I'm going to communicate with you in this way. And if you want to be a part of this, this is you have to deal with you have to accept my way of communicating um it just doesn't feel very campy to me uh, i think we work together to find the best communication possible it may require some different effort than you're used to but it leads to less stress coming up etc also i like the idea that people are saying go to um go to people individually reach out to them have conversations simple tools such as one of our tool of the weeks we've talked about many times using the Bonjoro app to just send a personal video to um, a section of your staff every week if you have a big staff you could do you know every six weeks you send somebody a personal video all those things just maintain those ties when it comes time to begin to start to ask things of them you know can you um, can you meet on zoom and chat with us for a while can you fill your forms get them in uh, Etc. One of the we're going to start to ask things of you, but you're maintaining the relationships before that. Like everything in camp, it's all about relationships. So, um, so we have to consider that not as a transactional interaction between people, but that we are continuing a relationship that has been intense, rewarding, and intentional, and we keep that going once they leave our site too. Not we don't just dial that back up again once they sign on for this year. We um, we have to keep that going to make our jobs easier. 
so then I would I would open it up. What um, what are some of the things that you think people are not thinking about at this time of year that they really should be thinking of? We sort of covered it from the different angle, but if you any general ideas that you think would be really good for people to be considering that maybe they're missing. I'd like to touch on something Joe said, and that's the collaboration piece. Mm. Um, and I don't know that people don't know it. I think right. it's that exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Just wanting to like focus on things that are really kind of easy, right? It's not that it's easy to get your application together, but you kind of know what you need to do. Right. And, and you have at least a template for it. You're going to change a few things. Uh, you know, there's, but I think that collaboration piece sometimes is like, you're just looking at a giant, networking, like there's a million places you could and where to start. Um, But I think it's so important. And I love that Joe mentioned that because I think those collaborations, you know, whether it's connecting with someone at a university um, who has a program or that um, is an advisor, you know, depending upon the age, you know, at a high school or a community college. um, And I think it's the personal connection, right? It's not just, um, oh, I'm going to put an ad in that school paper. Yeah. It's the connection to the person who can get you the recruits, right? That, so that you have the selection, not just like how, because I think very often we were like, oh, you know, where do I advertise to get the people? And I think that we all know, I mean, that's the, the best campers, the best staff are always word of mouth. So if yeah. you can start collaborating uh, with people in your community that um, not just the skills, although as Joe and Kim have mentioned, <laughs> the weaving position apparently is really a really <laughs> big thing that you yep. need a very specific yes. skill. Yes. <laughs> I think if you are looking at people who are surrounded by a higher percentage of the kind of people you want, like Joe mentioned, and everyone's mentioned actually is that go-getter, that person. For me, um, you know, it's always controversial when I do workshops. I do a lot of training and workshops around uh, the country with, with camp directors. And when I say to them, I don't look for people who have experience with kids they're always like wait what and i'm just like well it's that would limit my pool a lot now in this generation (laughs) that means i'm like already out so i really want to look uh which has been mentioned for people who like go-getter you could say but even people um who just want to improve themselves right they want to be the best version of themselves they're looking for ways they're looking for ways to learn more about themselves so they can be a better version of themselves um i love that and that's what i'm looking so when you think about places that might have that um idea that's where you know to to maybe start collaborating um but i think that's a place that just seems scary and big and huge and there's not a one two three here's how you do it it's really you have to do some thinking of yourself of what it is you want and the kinds of people you know that you're looking for and who do i then connect to in my own community or state or region or 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 what have you and i think it's just again i think people know it (laughs) i think people avoid it Absolutely. And I think a lot of those, you know, I'd kind of call those the the stretch efforts as the way you've always done things. And then there's those things that you're going to push yourself to stretch a little and try something new. And the stretch efforts are the ones that you can say to yourself, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it all. I'm going to commit to doing one stretch effort this week or one big stretch project, you know, with whoever I can round up in this month. And, and each one of those things, once you I go into big stretch efforts in camp thinking I'm going to do this well once so I can figure out how to do it. So that next year it's something we've always done. So 
um, I would say just you look at what all the things you could and sometimes feel like you should be doing and you just get overwhelmed. You're just like, what's mm-hmm. the thing I could do to push? Yeah, for sure. Any others have some some thoughts that I think that you think people aren't thinking of that they could be or should be? I think the idea of those, we talk about relationship building with staff. And I think that um, what I'm getting at when we talk about other colleges or universities or programs, you need to build a relationship with the people in the, either in the program itself um, mm-hmm. that, that matches to your camp needs or in the, in the recruiting center. And now in September is really a great time to do it because those people are also fresh, right? They're fresh September, October. They're fresh. They just got back to work last month, right? After a slow summer without students. And I think that building those relationships over time um, is really beneficial. Um, And so the same thing happened when I was, when I left uh, where I graduated, the lady, the secretary in the outdoor uh, recreation department was the same lady for the next 15 years. And all I had to do was call. I said, great, can you post this on the outdoor rec bulletin board for staffing positions? And then I would send her a thank you and and it would be all good. So that's a different style of relationship, just as important, if not more important than um, maintaining the staff relationship because staff mm-hmm. we get um, all summer. I get you for 60 days essentially to, to build that relationship and we need to maintain that, but maintaining um, the other style of relationship is, is just as important. Mm-hmm. How about you, Gab? Well, I think definitely building those um, relationships and then making sure that what you're, what, you know, what are you selling? I think is, is the big point. And, and we have a little bit of a, a stigma when it comes to summer camps um, for, for, uh, people that are looking for jobs that there's a, for most people that haven't attended summer camp, they don't see it as something that could be possibly career building. Mm-hmm. So as Jolly's saying, you want those go-getters, you want those, those people that are, you know, excited to get up in the morning, uh, work hard, um, problem solve, um, et cetera, et cetera. So making sure that your camp's values, the mission is simple and clear from, from the get-go and you're attracting yeah. those right people. And then second, I would, I would suggest to have, you know, your camp's mission is one thing, but what's your staff's mission? What's your staff brand, if you will? And, you know, for me, what I would say is, is something along the lines of, um, we provide the experience and um, uh, feedback to get you ahead of the job market. Something for, yeah, and then this is how we do it. But but here are our values and, and draw on the people that share those values and then say, this is, this is what you're going to get out of this summer and you're going to work hard. Um, but it's, it is going to prepare you like no other job has prepared you. And, and then you can, you're attracting the, the, the right people um, to your organization. Yes. I think about thinking about the questions you want to ask in, in, in that, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like, so how do you ask the questions that will get the answer that you want. And I think that's a, another thing to be thinking about right now. I think we very often have these set of questions that maybe the person before us asked, right? It was given to you, like, here we go. Here's the questions. Yeah. But knowing why you ask the question, <laughs> when you're asking that question, what's the answer you're looking for? Or what are you listening for? Like, are you looking for a set question? Are you listening for certain things? Um, I think we don't think about that very intentionally. We just kind of have these questions we know we have to ask. 
we get a feel for someone, which is, is true. And there's some really amazing research out there. Um, as soon as you get to know me well enough, I'm really, I really love being able to see where research, I think it, not that I think research is everything, but I really appreciate it because I think it then helps to understand why we do what we do or to put us in a direction when things feel um, so wobbly. Sometimes you're just like, which direction? There's so much advice out there to be able to have some research that backs up some of this and some amazing research about um, interviewing and are hubris and what we think. Um, and, 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 and Joe mentioned it, right? Like the fact that we all have staff, we're like, they're in that column of, oh, we're not going to have them back. Right. And yet every year we're like super optimistic that we're, we can, without being intentional about the questions, without doing some of this reflection of what we're asking and how we're asking and what we're looking for, right? Um, I said this, you know, what, what it is we can offer, but also how do we, how do we, ask the question so that we can hear things and um, that are kind of like, bing, that sounds like a person who's a go-getter. I mean, like, what do you do? Just point blank say, are you a go-getter? Um, <laughs> right? Like, and so looking at those questions, I think that's something that people don't do. Right. But Jolly, I think to add to that, this idea that what I would encourage, and this goes to the whole staff, what people aren't thinking about is getting rid of mediocre, yeah. right? Okay. The idea of, <laughs> So what happens is um, not only do our do by leaving it to October to talk to people, their memories are filtered, but our own are filtered. And so what happens is when we we have a, a system here at Pierce Williams that I've talked about many times at um, um, on Camp Hacker over the years, the idea of the one two three four system, which I inherited or I got from Camp Manitou, and that is a staff a number one are you going to actively recruit them to come back and if so great that's awesome is a staff a number two if they apply back are you going to have them back that's awesome if they're a four they're a do not invite back thanks have a nice life with number three there was a this idea that there were some issues and we should talk about it before you come back and years ago me and a camp director decided uh if we want the world's best staff why would i bring threes back Right. right. Like why, why not focus on ones and twos and make the hard calls just because somebody didn't do anything dramatically wrong doesn't mean they, they did things dramatically right. Right. And I think yeah. that's where we're at. We Joe, talked about uh, this. Oh, sorry, Travis. That's okay. And I think my, my challenge to that idea, and I'm not saying it's a bad one. My challenge to that idea is that when we're dealing with young adults, they change a lot in a year. So would you take a three back or would you give an indication to a three? And, you know, thank you, but, but um, you know, take, is that the person you say take a year and come back to us? I will always play with the idea of a three. The, in History teaches me that looking back, threes rarely become ones. Mm, fair. In fact, many of my threes rarely become a two. Many of my, in fact, more of my threes become fours than become twos. Okay. And so it's, this is a challenge. And, and this is where as people who work with youth, especially Travis, and you know this firsthand, especially in a, in a Christian context, right? In a ministry context, which is what some people try and push at me. And I'm like, I am not a minister. I'm a camp director who happens to direct a Christian camp. Yeah. I know that kids need, young adults need a second chance. I'm, I'm just not 
always going to, you know, who needs the best chance are the campers, right? And so is your camp for staff to get second chances or for campers to have the most amazing camp experience? And, and yes, it's hard lesson at 17 or 18. So they don't have to learn it when they're 22 or 23 or graduating university and can't figure out why they suck at selling candles, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah, I get what you're saying. People change. I'm, I'm there. People change a lot from 16 to 21 every year is my only thing. I think one totally. of the things I was going to say, we've to actually Kim. talked about this before and, yeah. and Kim can actually pick this up because this is one of our things that we've talked about. And that is those threes. Cause I think I, I kind of have this, we have a little bit different system and that I don't let anyone leave camp. Um, if someone leaves camp before, that's my fault, not their fault. They fault. They shouldn't even finish camp, right? Like right. they yeah. cannot be at camp for me um, if they're a four. But my thing is to look at those threes and to say, are they capable, right? And then are they willing, right? right. And those two things, if they're capable and willing, um, you know, I need to talk about what is it that I've been doing that didn't support them because they have both of those things. If they're capable and not willing, like to, to, to step it up and to listen to some coaching and to hear what I need, that's really tough. The ones I have the hardest time and where I really probably will have back is they are willing, they have the energy and they just, the capability, there's something there um, that if I can provide, maybe putting them in a different position at camp because they're so energetic and willing and they want to do their best. Um, but it's those who just aren't willing, right? To me, yeah. that's, those are the threes that I think you're talking about, Joe, that end up being forced because they... They have the capability. In fact, those are the most disappointing. They have the capability <laughs> and they just aren't willing. Like they just don't. Anyway, Kim, Kim will totally, I, I go, we go about this like a lot. So it's like being camp director. Your life is just full of disappointments and people. <laughs> uh, you were such a great camper. <laughs> Kim, what do you think? Well, uh, I was hoping my dogs weren't going to start barking because the mailman just dropped the mail <laughs> in the slot. So, um, so a couple of things, I, I mean, just to sort of pick up a couple of threads that from what you all mentioned, um, one of the things that I am definitely uh, have a struggle with is the, um, the interview. We, and this seems to be a question that comes up a lot on the summer camp professional Facebook group is people wanting their ideal sort of interview questions. So, so really thinking about what it is you're looking for. And one of the things that I struggle with is when I see people asking questions who are, that are, are hypothetical, because I, th I think if you ask a hypothetical question, you're, you're hoping, I mean, you're at, you're going to get a hypothetical answer. So how can you really know what people, um, people are pretty good at, you know, um, just coming up with something and whether or not that's truly what they would do um, is another story. So I have to always go back and default to some training that I had years and years ago when I was hiring, you know, like 150 staff a, a, a season is to, to ask questions that are more um, about, about their past behavior. So tell me about a time when you, um, you know, maybe, um, started something and but you couldn't finish it what what did that look like or tell me about a time when you were um showed patience with someone or a, a, something that you were working on or trying to figure out those competencies if you will those things that you really want and how can we get questions that are going to help us um 
to get at if those people that we're interviewing really have those. So I just like to steer clear from the hypotheticals <laughs> because like I said, you can, you'll just get a hypothetical answer. So, um, and then another thing I think just a little, uh, something that I mentioned the other day when, um, Jolly and I did our webinar is that I think, um, I just found out about this recently, um, that, that, ACA has a, a resource that is very much underutilized where people can actually get your ads, your job positions out now. And so, and um, so you can have an unlimited amount of job position openings on the ACA job center for seasonal staff. This is not the year round jobs at camp, which there's both. So, um, and, and you have until August of 2019 to keep changing or adding positions for a set price. So I just think those people who take the time now to really think through what your positions are and then get that out there. So, and then over time you can, you know, take them off if, if you fill them or tweak them so that, that maybe, um, it gives something different than what, what you maybe had originally, you know, thought or intended kind of thing. And so just knowing that that's a resource I think would be helpful. Thanks, Kim. That makes me think of some of the stuff that um, the technical side of things that we can do to do some of this better. Uh, one of the things that often comes up when people ask me to look at their websites to help for help with recruiting and staff and campers um, is that we often will use sort of campy language to explain this is where you where you go to find a job at camp. So it might be just sort of staff. Um, parents see staff and they think, oh, that's telling us about the people that they hire. We may be putting out our jobs on there because this, this section to recruit it. But um, in terms of search, so the CACA thing is so good because it's connected to Google Jobs and um, you're going to get some extra uh, volume of, of people seeing your, um, your ad by being smart about that. So on your website, it should say summer job. Don't say work as a counselor or um, work at camp or camp staff. It should say summer job on it with the link into the page for hiring because that's what the search term is going to be. Now, that's, that's the broad net. That's every, every student who's looking for a summer job. You're going to show up for some of those people. But you already have camp all over your website. So if people search for a summer job at camp, then it's going to help you better with SEO terms and, and all of those things that you should be thinking of um, for casting the broadest net possible. I agree with Jolly. The best staff will always have been um, through word of mouth, through other staff, um, but we've often been surprised or, or a connection that we've talked about and partnerships that we just didn't know. You know, we happen to host junior farmers at camp for a weekend and ended up that connection led us into the Ontario youth parliament. And that gave us brand new staff, a whole bunch of brand new staff for years. So those things are all, um, word of mouth and, and relationships building that is an important part of this. I know that there's a lot more we could talk about, and I really wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to bring in some of the things that, um, that helps sort of set up this technical side of it that, you know, it's gone, goes beyond the word of mouth and, and finishing off the summer, right. But really into, to getting into recruiting and showing up as an organization that people would want to work at. And so looking really professional when people are, um, you know, showing their school advisors and want to work at the summer camp, you don't want it to look um, sort of cheesy campy, you know, birch, um, birch bark and, and um, shots of your lake. You really want it to look like being an intern or taking a job at this camp is going to future, future, 
for, forward your career, push your career forward. So I think it's important to be professional. Um, we don't have time to talk about it today, but I will mention that Gabs and Jackie at Woro have this amazing thing that they give out to staff who have applied before they do an interview. And they send them an email and a physical booklet that they can have. And so Gab, is it all right if I share that? If not, I will edit this out. Yeah, no, of course. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I've been sharing it like mad. You've probably seen it on campus. I saw it. Yeah. Well, we're okay. updating it right now. Um, now we're adding in uh, sort of inserting questions uh, throughout, but it's more reflection, as Jolly was saying, it's more reflection questions mm -hmm. to help them think about things. So when we talk about um, our site, we say, have you ever slept outside? Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What, do you, what does your family and friends think about you applying at camp? Um, so these type of things we're just inserting within, within the manual, but once that one's, done i'll send send you also that link but this current one is 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 fairly solid too it is more than fairly solid it is mind-blowing the good gabs thanks <laughs> it's so great to help pre people prepare for um yeah. the hiring season and being ready for the expectations that they'll have as part of the interviews it's brilliant yeah. so we'll make sure that matt puts that in the show notes great so um so a few things just to move us on. What I want to do is uh, is move on to the tool of the week. And then um, Kim and Jolly and I have an announcement that we want to share with you too at the, the very end of things. So uh, thank you for being a part of this great discussion. Right now then, let us move on to the tool of the week. Tool of the week. For those of you who are joining, it's a new year and we always get new subscribers in the fall. For those of you who are joining us, this tool of the week is something that we ask the panelists to bring to the discussion that makes them a better camp director. And uh, the price range has gone from zero to about $80,000 and uh, is often all over the place. So um, I, I know that this is people's favorite part of the discussion. They love to come for the discussions, but the tool of the week always gets them energized. Um, and we've been blamed for breaking budgets several times. <laughs> budgets by the tools that we have. People want to buy all the tools that we say. So, Gab, <laughs> um, do you mind starting us off, please? Oh, I'd love to. So my tool of the week is, um, I'm holding it up if you're watching on YouTube, it's a Joby Gorilla Grip, which is basically a grip that, um, you can mount a camera on and that can latch on to uh, a post or a chair. Um, but basically, um, this one has an, adapt, uh, an adaption piece for your cell phone. And the reason why I think that's really useful is that one, um, modern cell phones have been made in the past, I'll say two years, three years, but mostly in the past two years, have a video um, editing software. So when you're walking and talking, or if you're running and chasing, you know, if there's like a, a game that's going on, you're taking video footage, it, it will automatically edit the shaking, uh, a little bit of the shaking out. So if you have just a, a regular point and shoot, and most now cell phone cameras are better than the point and shoots, not, not the higher end point and shoots, but the lower end ones. And then having this grip uh, really, really helps with it. Um, and so, and it just makes it nice and simple, but the cell phone uh, piece that goes with it is, is pretty cool. And that is not breaking the bank. No. So there you go. <laughs> well played. Thanks, Gabs. Uh, Kim, what for you is your tool of the week? 
Well, I was going to share a website that I have stumbled onto recently. Um, it's called United by Blue. And um, I love this. It has very, just appeals to the camp, um, camp person in me. Um, I think you could find some great um, staff gifts or um, hosting gifts or things that are campy in nature. But what I really love about United by Blue is that they remove a, a pound of trash from the world's um, oceans and waterways for every product that, that they sell. And they did this amazing journey across the U.S. Um, this summer and just removing all kinds of trash. Um, so it's just a very camp-friendly um, and in many, in yeah. more ways than one. So, so it's mostly gifts. Like, what sort of stuff could you well, get? Well, they have, they have, um, they have these really cool enamel mugs. You can have a candle in it. They have uh, clothing items. I got a really cool bag that I use as when I travel that keeps my laptop and and things in it. So, um, I guess the 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 limit on that would be how much you're willing or yes, you yeah. want to. So, um, and there is, I think if you, you can sign up to get a 15% off, um, if you sign up to be on their email or something, so or something. that will help a little bit. Yeah. Great. Thanks for sharing that, Kim. How about for you, Jolly? I am going to share my, um, ball. I'm actually sitting on, <laughs> I've actually sit on one of these at my yes. desk. So all during the summer, right. I'm usually not at a desk too much. I do get sometimes stuck as, as you all know, unfortunately yeah. we get stuck at the desk more often than we want. And so I always find that once I get back into the office for the winter, I start sitting more in my back and everything is getting awful. Um, so that is like, uh, been so helpful for me. Um, it, it keeps me, play, you know, can I can play, I can bounce if I'm thinking, <laughs> but I will just, this, 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 this warning. So my camp office, I also have one of these tip. So I have a tool and a tip. If you yes. have one of these for your office at camp, you have to go. So I, mine's not fancy here. It's just the ball at yeah. camp. If I just had a ball at my desk, you know what would happen, right? There's yes. no chance that ball wouldn't be like out at cabin, whatever, or yeah. played with. So for that one, I, I went a little fancy and splurged and got the little seat thing that makes yeah, it very yeah, yeah. clear that this is an office desk. So the ball sits into this really clear thing. So that's my tip. Nice. If you're going to have one of these at camp with staff and kids. You better make it so that it really, <laughs> they know it's your chair, not a play thing. I thought you were going to say that the your experience was that someone hadn't swept the floor enough in the camp office, <laughs> and then you rolled over something and it went kaboom. Oh, that would be really funny. No, that, <laughs> not that. No, okay. no, 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 not that. It's, it's your tip is keep it out of the hands of children by giving it and some staff probably obvious. more than the kids even. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Joe, what's your tool? My tool is this. Can you see that screen? Yes, we got it. Um, so it's uh, super thick index cards. And I look back through the tools of the week, and I've recommended Levenger stuff before. Um, you can buy other super thick index cards. The um, I looked on Amazon today, so there's a variety of them. But Levenger, uh, what sets them apart for me is they're actually the way they're oriented. Um, so it's easier to write on them because they are oriented vertically versus horizontally. Yep. And I use them all the time. Um, I've taken to plugging my phone out uh, outside of the bedroom so that I can uh, sleep at night um, without the phone. And so I keep a stack beside my, I keep a stack beside my bed and I tend to just keep a stack with a, a, a little binder clip on it. Um, and these, the funny thing is these, this, I'm not in my bedroom, but they were in a drawer 
anywhere where I am, I'm going to be able to find some index <laughs> cards um, clipped together. And for I use them for everything from note-taking to um, to planning entire day-long facilitation programs, uh, to planning talks for conferences and whatnot, because A, they're easy. I can fit them in a pocket. I can take them on a plane. I can reorganize them. Um, I can rip it up and, and start a new one. And then for programs or talks, I literally just clip them together with a binder clip, and then they sit on my desk. I have a, um, on my desk at camp, I have a an old card catalog, just a two drawer <laughs> card catalog. And I just slide the cards in there. So yeah. then when you call me and you say, great, can you come and do a talk at our conference? I'm like, yes, I can. Um, and then I, I go through what, uh, what those talks are, or if a school calls and wants a, uh, a custom leadership program, right. um, I can pull out old custom programs and just jig them from there. So awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Good thinking. Okay, so mine is um, mine is an actual tool. It's called the Gear Infusion EverRacket, and it's just a, a attached to your keychain tool that if, if you're interested in in keychain tools and everyday carry stuff, you will have seen something like it with a little pry bar and, of course, a bottle opener. Um, this one comes with a little ratcheting mechanism in it. So if you had a bit um, for screws, you could you could ratchet screws down. So it was kind of cool. The first one I've ever seen like that. And it is the size of a key, a little bit thicker, but the same kind of dimensions as a key. And, um, and I got it off a of Kickstarter. So it just arrived yesterday or the day before from a Kickstarter project. And Maybe my secondary tip, uh, a follow jolly, is um, watch for stuff on Kickstarter. Once you start to, once you've bought a Kickstarter program or two, they'll start to send you stuff that fits your interests. And I love Kickstarter because I pay for something six or eight months ago, and then all of a sudden it shows up in the mail. I was like, oh. I totally forgot I ordered this. It's so awesome. It's not like Amazon where you order it and it's there the next day. Um, but this one is like, ah, I totally forgot this was coming. What a cool thing that it arrives. Um, so that, that's why I love Kickstarter. I found lots of campy things in there. But this one in particular, if you go to the show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast, you will see there that I have put in <clears> – <throat> working at the time of the release of this uh, of this program that a 20% discount that they gave me as a backer. So you can see that in the show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast. So um, we talked about this topic today because it's timely. And again, I don't think we've covered enough of it. Uh, so it'd be nice to bring the man back together on this topic again soon. Um, but we also wanted to cover it now because uh, Kim and Jolly and I have an announcement, that it, which is that Kim and Jolly are going to be doing a masterclass. Uh, this format we've been developing a lot more at GoCamp Pro in the last couple of years. They're going to be doing a masterclass on staff recruiting and hiring. And it is a four-week program that starts at the end of October. Uh, we're recording this in 2018. So watch. We, we hope to be doing this again in the fall, years going forward. Um, but it is uh, a program with lots of practical things on this. And Kim, what would be the sort of things that, we, that we've only touched on here that you're going to expand on or things that we didn't even get to that will be part of the very practical work that you're doing in the masterclass? Um, I, I think the biggest thing is just um, really just taking this time to, to re regroup and reflect on what it is that because we're Jolly and I are really big on the whole staff culture. And so really identifying what it is that you are wanting to um, the, what your ideal staff culture might look like and then how what steps to be 
that you would take in order to get that ideal staff culture, whether it be through recruiting um, and re your um, former staff or your veteran staff um, to those new folks that you want to bring on board and some just very practical tips for things that you can do. Because I know we both know that staffing is on people's minds. It's gotten gotten harder and harder, more challenging over the years. And so, and by being a masterclass, we can learn from each other. So. Yep. That's great. What are you looking forward to in the, in the course, Jolly? Well, I am, uh, it's kind of what um, Kim just said, just really collaborating with, with people and hearing their, their, both their concerns, because like I said before, I'm really passionate about uh, learning and um, doing a lot of reading and, oh my gosh, that's my fault. Sorry. Thought I turned that off. Um, uh, and so I want to hear what the concerns are because um, I know not everyone has time to read and look at research and look at, you know, promising ideas and practices. So being able to hear those things and then hopefully be able to help. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to being able to help um, each other, all of us, to understand that each of us is going to come up with our own guide. You know, so hopefully by the end of this, you have this guide, this map yeah. of, of what you can do for the staff culture that you're seeking or that your vision or that fits your mission um, of your camp. Um, but understanding that there isn't a one, two, three but there is, there are paths, um, and yeah. there are step forward, um, and, and to be able to help people see those step forward. Great. So thank you. Um, we're very excited about this program. So if you're interested, if you go to gocamp.pro and search for between two staff seasons, you will see this masterclass available. And, um, and we look forward to developing it more, doing more with it. But for the moment, just go to gocamp.pro and search for Between Two Staff Seasons, and you'll see the webinar that Jolly and Kim are putting on there, that masterclass that they're putting on there. So thank you to you both for that. We're really looking forward to seeing how that goes. Um, so we will leave with, if people have follow-up questions from the things you have said, how can they get in touch with you? Gabrielle. You can check out where I work at waro.com, O-U-A-R-E-A-U. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Gabrielle Rail, and Rail takes two L's. Excellent. Thanks, Gabs, for being on the first show of the season. Oh, I loved it. Awesome. Joe Richards? Uh, you can find out more about what I do for Pierce Williams at campisbetter.com. You can find out and follow me personally through my website, yoyojoyoyojoe.com. And you can visit me in November from the 27th to the 29th. Pierce Williams hosts Think Camp. Oh, yeah, uh, awesome. And you can go to uh, thinkcamp.ca, and it's $100 for three days, uh, two and a half days. Um, and we run it during the week. Uh, Travis has been, Gab has been, uh, many of our friends have been. And it's a very small community, 10 to 20 people get together. And essentially, we just talk camp and talk the issues you want to talk. Uh, closest airport is London, Ontario. Direct flights from Chicago. That's Here we awesome. go. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Thanks, Joe. Yep. Um, Kim, if they, people want to follow up with you, what do they do? Um, my email is Kim <laughs> and then the, the letter D Acock at gmail.com. Or you can go to my website, Kim And I'm very excited because I'm starting the fall conference circuit is about to hit. So I will be in many different locations for the next uh, month to six weeks. And so I look forward to having some conversations with folks in person. So thanks again, Travis. It's Pack great your scarf you. for Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs>
Jolly, how can people get in touch with you if they have follow-ups for you? Yeah, it's Jolly Corley, which is J-O-L-L-Y-C-O-R-L-E-Y at gmail.com. Excellent. Jolly, thank you for being a part of this. It was awesome to have you. Thank you. And so I would say in closing, um, if you enjoyed, enjoyed today's show, uh, we'd be so grateful if you went to camppacker.tv slash love. That'll give you a, uh, a something you can put out on your social media is to just tell people about the program that you heard it. We also want to take time in this moment to offer our thanks to Matt Hansberger. He's our producer, our editor. He writes the blog posts that go with this, um, with the show. And he does a ton of extra work and doesn't get paid. It's very campy. He doesn't get paid near enough for all the work he does. So I want to thank Matt for that. Um, and also, one final thing. Um, well, so, Matt, show notes from the show are always available at camphacker.tv slash podcast. So you can find all the old episodes in those notes. I also want to say that thanks to feedback from the Camp Hacker community, thanks to um, those people who pay on Patreon to help pay for this show, um, we're going to be offering transcripts of the shows going forward. We know that they're not going to be exactly perfect, but we have a number of camp pros who reached out to us and said, I don't process information auditorily. I'd love to have the transcripts or um, I'm hard of hearing and um, I, I can't always understand what happens in the show. So we are going to be setting up the transcripts going forward. We'll start with this episode and go forward and eventually try to work through the back catalog and offer that transcript available there. So uh, we're excited about that. And that happens because uh, people sponsor us on Patreon. We can do projects like that and take in more and offer more value to the community because of those people. So we really do thank them. Um, if you go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Camp Hacker, you can see how you can sponsor the show as well. So thank you to everybody for who's been watching. Thank you to those of you who have taken us with you on the, the dog walks and the dishwashes today. Um, we really appreciate you being a part of this amazing community. Thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.